everybody. Welcome back. We took the week off last week, but the panel discussion is here on the BICBP Radio Network. I am Matt Johnson, one of your three hosts, alongside... Greg Knowlton and Chris Gullo. Hi, everybody. Uh, Gullo, I'm glad you're, you're back and stuff. And Yeah. <laughs> always. <laughs> trying, to sh- trying to finally share the... Uh, for the, I mean, those of you already watching right now, but those of you <laughs> trying to get more people to watch celebrate their Thanksgiving. So, so. yeah, we uh we took last week off uh, for the holiday. Just, for the holiday, we'll Which go with that. Which is funny because this week's the holiday. Technically speaking, yes. Um, there was a lot going on last <laughs> oh, week. Oh yeah, I went to Indianapolis. Um, and there were just some scheduling issues, so we decided to take the week off, and uh, we're back this week. Oh yeah. Uh, I know we didn't say it on our last podcast, but. Between then and now, uh, Stan Lee has passed away, unfortunately, and uh, another Aquaman trailer. There's just been a lot of crazy stuff going yeah. on. So everything's looking good in the comic book world. Uh, we're expecting the Avengers 4 trailer any day now at this point. I'm, I'm really hoping they do. I'm, I'm thinking they'll do the Good Morning America thing again, but I don't know. They could just throw us for a loop and... Wait till January. Yeah. Which, I don't know how I feel I, about that. Yeah. I, I think, okay, so with Lion King yesterday, yeah, I think we get it at Christmas. I'm telling you, you Christmas Day NBA, that's when we get it. You did call that before. Uh, you did call that before. We got Lion King on Thanksgiving, which is the other big, giant Disney movie yeah. coming out. So that's what I'm thinking. That's I think that's a good assumption. I'm, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to make us wait this one out because all that – that fan the the trailer leak last year, I think. So they're gonna, and there's so much like once it's out, the it's just gonna be like speculation train. So I think the later they release it, the less time fans have to like start yeah. trying to figure out spoilers and piece things together. We're gonna get that's another true. Captain Marvel too trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're that's gonna get another Captain Marvel trailer. That's true. Gonna pump that up. Do you that's think February? So do you think we'll get the Captain Marvel trailer first, or we'll get, or we might get that. That a first Avengers trailer teaser with at a least tease of Captain Marvel to get people excited for that movie. Mm. That's a good question. I think they should. I think it would add people interest to Captain yeah. Marvel. I mean, we're interested, obviously. Oh yeah. But uh, it would add some exterior interest from people who are just casual fans. You know what I mean? Like, oh, if I if I'm going to see Avengers four, I definitely got to go see. Captain Marvel now, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, I know it's definitely set in 1995. They did the timeline. That's um, So it's going to be. Which they forgot about Ant-Man and the Wasp with the timeline. Did they? Though that list. Yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> they never list that. Ant-Man gets no love. No love at all. I would imagine it's like the the current year because it's, they disappeared. It's the movie right before. Spoiler, Infinity. guys. But <laughs> yeah. I think it would, it would set be set like right before yeah. Infinity War. Yeah. All right, everybody. So if you're new to this show, if you've never watched us on Facebook Live or listened to us on podcast form, what we do here is we take an old comic book and a new comic book with it produced, put out within the last month, and we rate it based on five categories. Art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. Uh, all out of ten, and they're kind of just – there's no exact uh, – definition for what why we give each number a number but uh it's just kind of what we're feeling yeah you know the higher it is the usually obviously better we feel about the comic book and uh we all have different tastes too so take that in consideration but if we read a book here uh unless it's x23 number four (laughs) there is a we 
actually feel like you should give it a chance. We really do. So let me just get everything set up on here, and we'll get going in just a second. Who wants to go first today? I haven't led the charge in a while. I'll lead the charge. Okay. First book. I don't remember what date this is from. I did... Oh, no, I've got it. Wow. Ironically, my book is from November of 1994. Womp womp. Imagine that. Crazy. Uh, this is Aquaman issue three, Aquaman versus Superboy. I really like the cover. It was just... It's like Superboy shooting a tidal wave with his laser beams and Aquaman diving at it. Oh, God, it's called Surf's Up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's in Hawaii. Oh. Um. So I'll start right off. You start off with Aquaman with like a, a harpoon just like makeshift duct tape to his where his hand used to be and you get the idea that he just this is Aquaman like right after he first loses his hand um and it's he's talking to I forget his name Vulcan the Volko my bad telling him like all right you really I want you to put this on better like I want this to be permanent it's like we you know we can just give you a new hand we can fix you up he's like no I want this like to be a symbol of something um the point is that it's not supposed to cover up what happened, but sh- like wear it as a badge. Um, he just recently lost his throne, so he's no longer the king. Um, at the same time, you have a bunch of dolphins talking. Yes. That's cool. Um, and Porm, who I believe helped raise Aquaman in the sea, um, is caught up in a net, and she's saying that her son is going to come save her. Um, and one of the dolphins flies away into the sky. Away from the Japanese fishermen, just just flies. With dolphin flies, it just flies away. It just flies off the boat and goes to get help. Not into the water, just into the sky. I don't know why, but I want to see that in the movie. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> um, it cuts back to Volko and Aqualad talking, um, and saying that like I'm glad you helped Aquaman, but now uh, Volko's like, well, in turn, you have to keep an eye on him. Um, he spars with some um, some guards and takes them out quickly and says he's going to go see, where is his name, uh, General Strom at Pearl Harbor because Strom set them up. Um, and he wants to show that they're not going to be played as fools. So Aquaman, Garth, and this girl who I can't figure out who she's supposed to be. Um, they never say her name. I think she is another sidekick. I just I don't know who it is. <laughs> I can't figure it out. Um, so they show up at Pearl Harbor. He starts to attack two guards and tell them, like, let me see Strom now because they're saying Strom's not available. Um, as he pulls his harpoon back, all of a sudden he's lifted up in the air and Superboy is holding on to his harpoon um, and makes some weird – he goes, well, 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 look, I've got the catch of the day. I thought I heard there was something fishy going on. And he – Aquaman kicks him and he says, are you going to make me actually be genuine here? I have a ton of more – like a, a ton more fish jokes left. <laughs> Um, and he just keeps going. Like he, he, as he throws Aquaman down, he goes now before this gets out of hand, well, I see you're already out of a hand. Like he just keeps like, just doesn't stop. Um, they get into a little bit of a fist fight back and forth. Superboy actually gets the best of Aquaman and says like, Oh, I thought you were supposed to be this, this tough guy. You're not even swinging your, um, your hook at me. Like you don't have the balls to do it. Right. Uh, so they, they, get into a fight and Aquaman and the rest of his group jumps into the water and swims away. Um, and they talk about, Hey, these guys are supposed to be legendary. Like what's going on with him. Um, and then Strom apparently 
is some sort of like psychic who communicated with Superboy and told him to get there. Um, as they look over, all of a sudden there is a giant tidal wave, and Aquaman, Gar, and this girl are all riding blue whales on top of the tidal wave. That panel is cool. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to look over, and he just says, "Impressed yet?" As it like just takes out the city that Superboy's in. Holy shit. Uh, and it talks, it just says something about the blue whale and how pissed they are because they're Aqua's man's friends and they're pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and him and Superboy start fighting inside of the wave um, and he begins to drown Superboy and then knocks him up into the air into a wall. Um, he breaks in to see the general. Superboy dives through the ceiling of the building that he's going to see the general at. Um, but the general calls him off and calls Aquaman in. And the girl randomly kisses Superboy as she walks by. I don't know. Um, and the general tells Aquaman that Porm has been kidnapped. And that's where it ends. And it says, up next is Lobo. Oh, oh sweet. So, hmm, it's kind of cool. Um, this was a weird comic. <laughs> it seems, it seems like a very Lobo, weird that's... encounter. Yeah. Um, first off. Uh, second of all, I'm looking at the cover now. And I'm actually seeing Aquaman. Um, I've never seen him look like that before with the beard and the long hair. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's, this is like what Jason Momoa's yes. style of Aquaman so, is trying to portray. Cause this is the modern Aquaman. I, I yeah. have actually a modern Aquaman comic. Okay. This Aquaman is right after. So he's always, he was always clean cut in like the eighties and yeah. early nineties. It's his classic look. Um, the clean cut, like serious Phil Lamar voiced Aquaman. You see in the justice league. When he loses his throne, he loses his hand, and that's when he grows his hair and his beard out. It's all around the same time. Okay. Um, and that's that's where this Aquaman – actually, this is one of my favorite comic I- images of Aquaman. You see this one um, – you saw this one a lot in, like, the early 2000s. So I, I actually love this image, and, yeah, this is exactly the look Jason Momoa is going for. Um, but he still has the same personality as the old The classic Aquaman. one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I yeah, I just I really dig like that look. Like I don't know, like his classic like short hair one, I just feel like it's too like it's not like enough. no, like white meat baby face exactly. like very generic type stuff. And like this is like edgy. Like this is it makes him stand out among the just like he doesn't look like another Hal Jordan. He doesn't look like another right. like Batman. He looks like yeah. like a like Thor did when he grew out yeah. his beard and stuff. Like it's 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 a very intimidating look. Yeah. The yeah. peril, the parallels are there too. Thorn, yeah. I mean, you know, Atlantis uh, uh, and Asgard, uh, and yeah. Asgard. Yeah. yeah, if you really read it, like a, a weird relationship with his siblings, his father, mm-hmm. like yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty like spiritual brothers in a way. And it, I find it funny now if you look at the cinematic universe, they flip flopped where Thor is like clean cut with the short hair. Yeah, and, Aquaman and, has the long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll dive into this art. It is just typical '90s art. Um, it's really well done. The coloring is awesome. Um, I'm gonna give the art a seven. A seven. It's okay. nothing, nothing super special, but it's it's well done. Um, action. This fight between him and Superboy is pretty good. I like the fight a lot. Um, and just the tidal wave scene alone makes me want to give this an 8. Just, oh, really? Just him riding in on a on a, a bunch of blue whales is kind of awesome. That is kind of cool. <laughs> and the panel for it was incredible. Um, so, yeah, action is an 8. Okay. The story, however, I have no idea what's going on. It's a little all over the place. It's, in, it's a third issue, so it's in the middle. But it's a little... 
it feels like there's like seven different plot lines being pulled on at once. Um, for a third issue, they must have set up a ton in the first two issues. So I'm going to give this story a four. A four? Okay. Dialogue. Superboy's quips were awesome. <laughs> it's just They just kept them coming. It was really well done. But also, um, I was expecting kind of like the Thorish talk from Aquaman. Um, the more proper, like, little too, little hard to follow sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that. The dialogue was actually really well done. I'm going to give the dialogue a six. Okay. Um, nothing special, but, but still quality dialogue. And the rereadability, I'm going to give the rereadability a four also. I would, there's panels in here I would definitely show people. Um, I'm a little confused. That's the only reason I might keep reading, but I'm not hooked. Besides Lobo, but that's that's a cheap draw. Right, right. It's, it wasn't like a panel of them. It's just, hey, Lobo's going to be the next comic. Next one. Okay, so. why? What's going on? It's, What's the story? You know, why yeah. is Lobo coming to Earth? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, what is that about? That's cool, Like, but there's not much in the Aquaman story to draw me. I'm not like... Okay, I, I'm just really like, okay, what's going on? This is kind of confusing. It's like, ooh, what's happening? So, so yeah, I'll give that a four. Okay, very good. So, Greg, um, and, and what is the uh, name and year of it? This is uh, Aquaman vs. Superboy. This is issue number three of Aquaman, and it is November 1994. 1994. He gives it a score of 29 out of 50. That's one of my lower. 29 out of 50. Yeah, that is one of your lower ones, actually. Which, it's sad because... A trailer or an ad for one of my favorite terrible movies is in here, and it was Double Dragon. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> That's very sad. Can I see that, bud? Can I see that book? Yeah. I love the go. 90s comics for those ads because, yeah. like, there's stuff we can really remember. Then you read the 70s, 80s, and there's some weird stuff in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, you want to go next, bud? Uh, sure. Um, I actually uh, read Power Pack. From February of 1985, uh, they didn't have an issue number in here, uh, they, but it's uh, it's called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Now, um, I read this this week. I inadvertently uh, did not know that this was actually a Thanksgiving-themed comic book. Really? <laughs> so, yes, it was pretty cool. So That worked out very nicely. Yeah, yeah it worked yeah. out very nicely. Yeah. So, happy belated Thanksgiving to the people watching and listening, uh, <laughs> and we'll hear Power Pack 85. So, um, what really caught my eye, though, was it, it was giant size issue, but all the cameos that are in here, and Cloak and Dagger, Kitty Pride, Wolverine, Beta Ray Bill, and Thor. So, I was getting really That's excited to, to, to see that. So, um, it, it starts... It starts off with, uh, you know, it starts off with uh, Katie, Katie Power talking to one of the Morlocks, just saying, "Yeah, dinner's gonna be cool this night." You, you know, bring the, give the invite to some of the Morlocks or whatever. And so she's out shopping with her sister and Julie, and you know they're out shopping and everything, and they put their like uh, outfits on and they're flying around or whatever, and they're just talking, you know. And Katie's uh, keeping this dinner a secret from the other Power Pack. <laughs> So, uh, and I'll explain what's going on later. So then you get a, a cool scene of a uh, beta Ray bill flying around with Franklin Richards, uh, on him, And then, uh, and then it's weird. So when beta Ray bill like turned into a regular person, he has like this, uh, cause he's like straight out Thor beta Ray bill at this time. Right. But yeah. when he turns a regular person, he kind of looks like the question. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> like, it's really weird. <laughs> uh, a sweet, uh, Nestle quick robot ad. So that, that, that's cool. That was the best. Um, 
But then you get a little story. Uh, you go to the Power Pack apartment, and the father is going to visit. Um, the uh, mother, apparently the mother is really sick and could be dying from, they, they beat Curse. Them and Thor took down Curse. Okay. So, like, the um, the mother's in the hospital, so they're all sad and everything. And uh, and I, and that's why, like, what Katie's doing is she she's trying to put on this Thanksgiving dinner, but she's not telling them, you know. You know, kind of doing it behind their backs, thing, because she knows they would. They'd be like, "Oh, I'll just focus on you know, mom's dying and just stay in the house, or whatever." Uh, you cut away to, and this is a long comic. I apologize, guys. No, you uh, you cut away to a scene of a uh, cloak and dagger uh, taking out a, a thug. Then we're back to um, you, you see the power pack father. He's leaving and everything, telling Julie to make sure the kids are okay. Um, then you get uh, Leech the Morlock. And Annalie the Morlock having a little back and forth. And Annalie sticks, sticks Leech in a box. <laughs> because apparently, like, she's trying to be normal. And she thinks if she associates with other Morlocks, it doesn't make her normal. So she shoves Le- Leech into a box. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. This book's all over the place. It has a lot of weird stories. Um, and so then you go back to, you know, the apartment there and... Uh, they're they're getting a call here, and Katie's on the phone with Kitty Pride, and Alex is like, "What is going on here? What is this all about? What is this nonsense?" Like they're they're she's telling him, "Oh, let's have a big dinner tonight. Make turkey, make popcorn balls, make all this stuff." Um, did I miss something? No. <laughs> oh, and uh, but they're not. But the she didn't say, "Oh, it's for we're having people over for a Thanksgiving party," because uh, apparently also too they're all going to the parade. So they're going to the parade, and she doesn't know. They don't know that she's secretly trying to do a party for after the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. That is that's part of, awesome. It's a part of this book. It's really. They cool. don't call it Macy's, but it's it it is. Yeah, we know. Yeah. So then you know you see Kitty Pride. She just gets off the phone, and it's her and Wolverine, who looks a lot like Clint Eastwood, <laughs> and they're a thing in this comic. That's weird. I've never heard that. No, that's. But they're totally a thing in this book. That's so weird. Yeah. That's not- like yeah. yeah, 85 man, yeah. I'm not a fan. Nope, not okay. With this is Kitty Pride, right? Yes, and she looks very older like if, you know, just to show you like she's much olderly drawn. She does, yeah. Not I mean, a- I know the big relationship in the 80s like Kitty was with Colossus. Yeah, for that was it. It was her and Colossus like still to this day until Now mind you, this power pack doesn't have a number. I don't know if it was a one-off for Thanksgiving. Or okay. They're like, was. let's try out this relationship and see what people think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there it, it, you could definitely tell that they're a thing, that they're That's an weird. item. So. She's she's always been with Colossus, and then recently with with Star Lord. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Her and Star Lord are, are married, I believe. So, oh yeah. Well, and it's it's what her and Iceman in the no, it's Iceman in the in movies. Rogue. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's her and it's her and. She's got like a there's a love triangle. Oh, yeah, that's some weird one. And, and Rogue, Rogue. Oh, yeah. Um. So then you uh, see leeches in the box there, and uh, another Morlock helps him get out. <laughs> a Morlock and a cat actually. A cat helps him helps Leech get out of the box. So then you're back to that, and then the phone rings again, and Alex takes the phone uh, away from Katie, and uh, it's like some professor saying, yeah, I got your invitation to the party, and, and then that's when I found out. I was like, how could you have a party? Our mom's in the hospital. This is nonsense. This is blah, blah, blah. So Katie, she, she escapes uh, from the apartment, and then Alex goes after her. Um, while this is happening, uh, Leech is running through the streets in New York. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of weird things. And then 
I assume, I don't know what's going on here. I assume this is the son of Beta Ray Bill is just flying around in a spaceship saying, <laughs> I'm just trying to make my father proud or something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Uh, they're back to where um, Alex is uh, trying to uh, trying to find Katie. He's like flying above New York, and then he loses control of his powers. Cloak and Dagger find him. And... Uh, you know, he he was he's explained the situation, this and that, and they're like, hey, listen, you know, family comes first. Don't turn your back on your families like we did, blah, 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 you know, which is a nice little cloak and dagger. Like, they really bring the humanism to a lot of this. Not that, I mean, there was a death storyline and stuff, but it, yeah. they really bring humanism to that. Um, then you find Katie. She sees she sees Beta Ray and Franklin. Um, and then we have a cool Smokey the Bear. Uh, <laughs> um, uh it's not even just balloon. an ad. He's just there. Oh, oh, it gets better. Uh, Smokey the Bear Balloon. And then the other two Power Pack twins, they're they're flying around trying to find Katie as well. Now you have a Kermit the Frog um, uh, p- uh, balloon going through New York City here. And and they even have the crew dressed like Kermit, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, so Leech is like running through and Anna Lee is is uh well he's trying to chase after Anna Lee, right? So Anna Lee's power is is that she, you know, can take other people's powers away f- from them like but but uh but Leech's is uh Leech's power is she can't do that. <laughs> like he yeah. stops her. It's weird. It's really confusing. So th- there's this big collision between Smokey the uh, bear and <laughs> and uh Kermit the frog. Um the the balloons they they're falling all over the place. <laughs> And then Wolverine's trying to save people. He's like, he's slashing the ropes. <laughs> yeah, he's like slashing the ropes with his claws. Um, and then he's like, oh no! And then there's a big Tasmanian devil balloon. Oh, that, so good that he's that he's trying to stop. Um, and then once again, this comic gets weird. There's these weird lizard people on Snark World. They're just having a back and forth. About, like, how we're going to destroy each other and stuff. Like, I don't know what's going on there. And it was one page. Then we see a Mighty Mouse balloon. And Katie has the idea to try to take the Mighty Mouse balloon and bring it to her mom's hospital. <laughs> like, it is a jelly <laughs> balloon. But it just gets out of control. And Beta Ray's got to help stop it. And Cloak and Dagger help out, too. So, now, uh, Cloak, well, Cloak and Dagger and, uh, uh, and Alex... They find they find Leech, you know. They kind of help him, save him, um, and and you know, Katie's on the Mighty Mouse balloon trying to bring it to her to her mother. Uh, it's flying all over the place, but like Beta Ray Bill helps her out. Let's see here. So now, like you got Wolverine, Kitty Pride, uh, and the Power Pack tw- twins, and Beta Ray Bill all safe and sound. And then they have a little thing with Anna Lee and Leech and. Annalie, you know, Leech is like, you're like a mother to me. And Annalie's like, I just want to be normal. And then they make up and like, there's now a new, they're like a mother-son dynamic now, I guess, for the Morlocks. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's weird. And Cloak, so now they have this Thanksgiving dinner and it's uh, the Morlocks. It, it's uh, Cloak and Dagger. Um, by the way, Annalie brought a sweet potato casserole. What did uh, Kitty Pride and Wolverine brought? They brought something. <laughs> but this is so weird. So it's a Thanksgiving dinner with the Power Pack, Beta Ray Bill. Franklin Richards, two Morlocks, Kitty Pride, Wolverine, Cloak, and Dagger. I love this. <laughs> like, uh, I really love it. Like it's, it's a so, weird combo, but like so, do you, you like the way the, the way you're talking about it, and obviously they did a good job of setting up that whole Thanksgiving feel. It's just like, yeah, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. 
So, uh, you know, now they're kind of all doing the making up. Katie, you're right to bring us all together. This and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, Cloak and Dagger leave. Uh, Wolverine and uh, Kitty Pride leave. So does the, the Morlock <laughs> after Leech takes some of uh, Alex's clothes. Is <laughs> <laughs> like boxing gloves? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. And then the father comes back after everything's gone. I'm like, how was the day? Oh, nothing, nothing. Hey, by the way, we have a Thanksgiving dinner here for you. He's like, oh. Uh, he's like, oh, you guys should make this, uh, you know, uh, again and again there. So, oh yeah, they made rolls. Uh, Wolverine and Kitty probably made fresh rolls. Nice, <laughs> I love it. So really weird. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be a Thanksgiving comic. It's dated in February. I picked it up two months ago. Okay, February <laughs> what year? Uh, nineteen eighty-five. And what again. number was it? It that's a thing. It doesn't have a number on there. Oh no, never mind. You're right. It, it's very small. Volume one, number nineteen. Oh, February 86. 86. Okay, okay. all the ads at 85. So Okay, all right, so, thank sorry, you. Sorry, yeah, 86. All right, very good. Um. All right, so we'll start with artwork. Yes. Uh, it's that transition period from the 60s to the, you know, it's very Sunday morning comic book yeah. uh, glossiness. I'm not a giant fan of it, uh, so I'll give, give it a five. Okay. Uh, action. I mean, there's Wolverine slashing down balloons and Cloak and Dagger stopping a thug or two, and but uh, Leech getting stuck in a box. But it's it's five. It's not five. Like, okay. It's, it's not a power packed, pun intended, uh, you know, book. Uh, uh, storytelling, right? Yep. Uh, sto- storytelling. It's very cool. There were some weird stories. Like I don't know yeah. what the lizard people, what that was about, and the Beta Ray Bill son. Like I, I don't know what that was about because they don't seem to either of them tie into the power pack. Yeah. But um, but storytelling. It told some good stories. You introduced a lot of characters and you made it work in the end. I'll give it a seven. Seven. Okay. All right. And dialogue. Dialogue. Yep. The dialogue was really easy to follow. It was a lot. There was a lot of dialogue. Like every box, like had like something to say. Yeah, five or six bubbles in it. Um, but that said, that's it, what it, she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's, let's let's go seven for the dialogue. Good show. All right, yeah, it's a wrap now. Uh, seven for the ten. <laughs> and uh, rereadability. Um, let's actually uh, let's give that a nine. Okay, it was fun. It's even though I guess it's the 19th issue, it's it's a good one-off. Just be like, hey, yeah. it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to read my annual Thanksgiving comic. <laughs> okay. So I'll give it a nine for that. All right. Well, 33 out of 50 for Power Pack number 19, February 1986. Very good. The, how do you do it, man? I, I don't know. It's just I, I This one I literally just picked up. They find you. I feel like these yeah. weird <laughs> comics find you. <laughs> he gravitated. Like this, the, my new one, I'm going to let him borrow this because I know he's going to want <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm probably. We'll McGilla get, Girl is my man. Dude, this book is fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, all right. My book, my old school book. Hey, puppers. What's up, dude? He's all ready for Christmas. He is. He's always ready for Christmas. You want to sit on my lap? Come here. Okay, my old book is The Mighty Thor, uh, October of, can't see it, uh, October, it's issue 408, let me see if I got the date in here, oh, 1989, okay, 1989, uh, it's The Fateful Decision, it starts off with, uh, Hercules and Thor, who's in this really cool, like, gladiator Norse, armor I think I don't know what it's pretty cool looking 
Um, and some other people, let's see, a guy named Eric Masterson. Uh, he sounded familiar, but I'm not sure exactly who he is. But he ends up playing a big part. Super genius, I believe. Uh, he actually ends up playing a very big part towards the end of the book. Uh, but he, they're with some people from uh, from Wondagore, uh, which for people who don't know, uh, Wondagore is where Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were raised um, in that mountain area. Uh, but they're celebrating, celebrating, and they show a clip of Odin throwing something. Um, he's very angry in these comics. They kind of you don't get much anger out of him in the movie as in the movies as much as you do the comic books. But he's a he's an interesting person here. But he's uh, he's talking about how Thor has to choose between his homeworld and the people of Midgard, and he's getting ready for the Odin sleep because he's sick something. Um, but he said he's going to stay awake to see what Thor decides. Um, they return, they're back on Earth. Um, looks like Wondegore, obviously. And Hercules comes into the bathroom, and Thor is shaving his face. <laughs> he goes to sacrilege to shave thy noble beard. Such facial growth was a symbol of manhood to the Vikings, of viral strength and power. And. Thor goes in this rant about how Asgardian and Viking are two different things, and and uh, Hercules is losing his mind about it. But um, let's see, they doing some stuff. Oh, somebody obtains actually the facial hair shavings of Thor. They want to develop and, and some blood because he did cut himself because they want to develop a a new race of immortals with Thor Thor's uh, DNA apparently. Then they write off on these things, and uh, look, there's not too far away from the mountain, and they get attacked by uh, a villain by the name of Mongoose. <laughs> Never heard of him before. He's on the front cover. He's kind of cool looking. He looks like I think I have. He's like a one-off. He's a weird like. like he's like a smaller saber tooth. Yeah, he's like a villain of the week. I, yeah. I don't know. I've heard of him, but I don't know who we crossed over with. Yeah, it's he's Mas- interesting. Masterson is Thunderstrike, by the way. Okay. He, he gets the, the mace from Odin after briefly taking over his Thor, similar to That's Beta in this Bell, book. So. Okay. All right. We'll get to that. Perfect. Thank you for clarifying that. No problem. Um, yeah. Magus attacks him in this uh, giant pod thing. It's called an asteroid blaster. And it looks pretty serious. Like he's going to mess up Thor. But uh, Thor smashes it in one hit with the with Mjolnir. Um, they get into this this big, it's a pretty cool fight, and Magus has given him the business, actually. Um, he's, Thor's really struggling with him. Um, and he keeps attacking him, uh, Magus, while Thor's on the ground, and Eric Masterson actually jumps in, tells him to stop, and lifts Thor's hammer. So this is like the intro to, I guess, all of that. It's really cool. He takes a swing, uh, but Magus, it, while he's in mid Eric Masterson's in mid-swing. Mongoose fires off something at him, and uh, Masterson's hurt pretty badly. But uh, Thor, let's see, he knocks out, he ends up knocking out Mongoose. Uh, but uh, Thor is praying to, you know, calling for his dad, for Odin, to uh, to heal to get him, because obviously Masterson risked his life to save his. And uh, they inquire, you know, Odin inquires, you know, have you, made your decision, will you, you know, return to Asgard or stay on Earth? And he says he's going to stay on Earth. And 
and whatnot. So Eric Masterson got to live, and what happens next was kind of cool. They're back at Eric Masterson's apartment with his wife and son, and there's a staff. There's a, it's a walking stick, and I think this is how Thor... Yes, um, this is actually how Thor disguised Mjolnir uh, occasionally when he was walking around uh, cool. Earth. And but Eric Masterson kneels down on the ground, pounds the stick on the ground, and he become he now contains the body and soul of the mighty Thor. Huh. Yeah. Well. So, <laughs> so I mean, I thought that was a cool little touch um, on that. And he he flies off, and it just says, uh, you know, next issue is he's, it's Thor and Doctor Doom. So um, I'll get right into the ratings. Uh, the ratings, excuse me. Okay. Um, so for artwork, it's that 80s to 90s, like Chris said, uh, that stuff right on the verge of the newer the newer stuff, but it's still classic. And uh, I'm going to give the artwork... I mean, the cover was really cool, I thought. Uh, but the artwork, I'm going to give a 8 on action. There was a really cool fight sequence with this mongoose and uh, and Thor, as well as Hercules, who was just kind of there. Um, I'm going to give a 7. Story. Uh, I didn't know completely what was going on at the beginning, uh, but I think as the as the the book went through, made it all the way to the end, uh, I really enjoyed the ending. You know, just to see Eric Masterson become Thor and stuff. I thought that was a really nice touch. I'm gonna give the story a seven. Uh, dialogue. This was uh, this was the first Thor book I ever read. And it always reminded me because my dad always said he never got into reading Thor comics because of the language. And it wasn't horrible. There was some stuff that was like a little unbearable. You know, the eyes and like AY and and just just some of the other stuff. Some of that Norse language. Uh, but it actually wasn't horrible. It wasn't cool. And it's cool now because when I read these books, I picture... I read it in Chris Hemsworth voice. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the seven for dialogue and rereadability. When I pick this book up, book up again, uh, I mean the ending was cool. Other than that, it was kind of like it was kind of hit or miss. You know, it was I mean nothing special. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible either. Um, but it was cool to finally see some of these guys and. Comic, you know, their own comic book form. I've never really read a book where with Odin, um, you know, Thor was never my favorite by any means. Uh, but you know, to see Thor, to see Odin, to see uh, Hercules, like it was a, it was a nice little touch. Uh, rereadability, I'm going to give a a five on. So that brings me to 34 out of 50, and that is the Mighty Thor. October 1989, issue 408. Yeah, Mongoose is a uh, Tom DeFalco Spider-Man villain. So one of those. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Corny, like, and uh, I guess he was in a storyline where Craven was 
kidnapping uh, animal themed super villains <laughs> and, uh, like and like for his zoo. Like, really? He had like rhino and vulture and mongoose and, I love it. and, and, and frogman and, and much of many others. So. I need to find that comic. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about it. We'll find it. We'll find it one of these days. I love Craven, man. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Um all right. Now on to the new books. New book. New books. So I did Marvel Zombie, not to be confused with Marvel Zombies, but Marvel Zombie issue. Zahambe. <laughs> Dang it. Set <laughs> <laughs> yourself up for it. Uh, yeah. Marvel Zombie issue one from October of 2018. It's right on the cusp of being old. Well, for our standards, but it's a cool comic. Um, I will hop right into it. I'm going to read. There's a little letter right in the beginning, um, and it's supposed to be written in the handwriting of one of the main characters we'll follow. Um, it says, Ma, I can't touch the stop signs without jumping now. Or, I can touch the stop signs without jumping now. Remember that time at the park? You had to boost me up so I could touch the bottom? You must be worried sick about me. I am okay. I'm hiding with other survivors in Manhattan. The defenders are protecting us. Spider-Man is a cool guy. Sam Wilson is flying around looking for other survivor camps. I told him to look near Lake Michigan since that's where you grew up. I remember you said it was nice. Maybe you went back there. I hope you find these letters. I'm leaving you. There's one at the bakery you used to get the big cookies from. We'll get those again when everything goes back to normal. Love, Danny. So it's setting up that this is like post-apocalypse. This is the world of the Marvel Zombies story. Okay. Um, and this kid, Danny, is like leaving letters. And it's setting up that these survivors are staying with the def- the new group of defenders. Kind of cool. Um, so it hops in, and there's this zombie <laughs> that is actually, if you've ever heard of Zombie from Marvel, that is who we are currently following. Okay. Um, he is walking and basically talking to the – he's breaking the fourth wall saying, like, he's a zombie, um, and my name is Simon Garth, but my friends call me – well, he's like, my friends can't speak because they're zombies. <laughs> And he's like, I'm a zombie too, so I can't speak. Let me introduce you to the Horde. As he's walking through, you see, like, um, Wilson Fisk as a zombie. You see, uh, oh my gosh, I forget who this is. Um, one of the, Harvey, I can't think of which, which character he is, and it's going to bother me. Um, he goes past Norman, who is Norman Osborn as a zombie, holding a, a pumpkin head as he walks. Oh, really? Um that artwork's got to be great. Oh, it's so good. And it's like Kingpin's like this big, like large zombie with a, the cane. And like, <laughs> it's bothering me that I can't figure out who that is. You should know, but I know by the glasses and it's going to drive me nuts. Oh, Harvey. Yep. My, my brain is stuck. I'm just going to Google Harvey Marvel. <laughs> yep. It'll so come up. He's going around and as he, he's just like walking and it's great. Like the shots of him, he's like, tattered shirt is blowing in the wind in his hair and he's got like a big like 80s style medallion and a flower in his hand <laughs> um and he's got this medallion he doesn't know what it is um and he's just watching like the mole other. man oh there we go there we thank you mole man um he's fighting over they're like the other zombies are like fighting over a leg and they're on the move towards something meanwhile um the medallion he has it has like a an s on it almost like a snake there's these two kids and one of them finds a necklace and it's the same exact necklace and he actually puts it around his neck and it's um it's actually the kid who wrote the letter and he's with this other young girl um saying okay we we should get back to to moon girl and the other resistance fighters um 
And as you get a call, this is Red Leader, all resistance fighters. There's zombies coming, all civilians back to HQ. Um, so they go to watch as the new defenders fall in. Red Leader is, in fact, Daredevil. Following with him is Misty Knight. Hawkeye, who's the female Hawkeye. Okay. Katie, Katie Bishop. Yep. Black Widow. Spider-Man and Moon Girl. And Misty Knight has a rocket launcher on her shoulder. <laughs> Wait, Moon Girl? Where's No Devil Dinosaur? I'll get there. Right. <laughs> um, and together. They're they awesome. It's like they're very in like they're wearing like these costumes, but like Spider-Man's like the mouth of his costume is ripped out and he's wearing like some tattered up clothes. He has like his feet taped and just um, just his gloves on, but they're ripped like his they're very like it's really like street style costumes. They're awesome. They're super different. I love it. Um, as all of it, <laughs> Spider-Man swears and or says sorry. Spider-Man says, "Oh, you're right. I forgot you're blind, Matt. My bad." And Daredevil tells him to say ten Hail Marys. <laughs> <laughs> um, it gets into it, and they just. The fight starts, and they're just Black Widows, like, kicking zombies and shooting them in the head. Um, Hawkeye's shooting their heads off with arrows. Daredevil and Moon Girl are fighting, and this is when Moon Girl says, Sick em, DD 2.0, and a giant robotic devil dinosaur charges out. Okay, now that's awesome. <laughs> and starts eating zombies. <laughs> As this is happening, this is why I laughed. Spider-Man is singing, swinging through the the build, or swinging through the um, the city, singing in your head. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he looks up. Yeah, this is very Deadpoolish as oh, far as the fourth so wall good. and just the, the references like that. As he looks up, Doc Ock is crawling towards Spider-Man, and he actually has four human limbs taped to him, but he is a zombie. <laughs> And Spider-Man takes him down and actually rips his spine out when he pulls on him with the web. Not intentionally, but it is a zombie. Um, they continue to fight, and the, the kids are actually watching on as like Misty Knight blows up a whole group of zombies with a bazooka. Um, and all of a sudden, Donnie, actually, I thought his name was Danny, um, falls. And he, after he says he doesn't get why Daredevil calls himself Red Leader... Um, and he falls right into Simon Garth, a.k.a. Zombie. And Zombie notices that both their necklaces match. Um, and all of a sudden, these zombies, like, jump on the kid. And Zombie Zombie, it's really confusing, <laughs> Simon starts beating up the other zombies and, like, saving this kid. Oh. Just out of nowhere, like, just ripping them apart. Um, and, re- like, says, this kid is my friend now. And starts protecting him. They secure the zone. And there's a, a man who did get bit by the zombies, and he's saying, um, um, there has to be a cure, I'm a human being, and Black Widow just puts him down. Just shoots him right in the head. Uh, and they get, obviously, Spider-Man is not happy with this. They're back at base, and Spider-Man's arguing, like, we just killed somebody, what's going on? And everyone's defending Black Widow, um, including Daredevil and Misty Knight. But they're saying, like, there's got to be something better, we can't just blow everyone up. But Luna actually... Uh, or Lunella, sorry, Moon Girl has a bomb called the Necrobomb that's going to take out all of the zombies that were created. Oh. Um, and they're talking about setting this up and that, but saying it actually needs a suicide bomber. Like someone has to wear the bomb for it to work. Oh. And walk right into where all the zombies are. Um, 
as they show up, they find their suicide bomber because Donnie shows up with the zombie. Like, oh, we're going to put the bomb on him. That's great. Um, Actually, sorry, before they go to do that, Black Widow tries to kill him. And the zombie channels... Normally, so in the normal comic books, the wearer of the necklace controls the zombie. Okay. Zombie actually is able to communicate through the child. Oh. Oh, that's cool. All of a sudden, the the kid kind of looks zombie-ish. And zombie realizes he's controlling him and starts talking. So Lunella like pulls the necklace off of him and, and checks it out and realizes it's a, a voodoo ar- artifact called the Amulet of Dumbala. Um, and anyone who wears can remote control the zombie, basically, is what it says. So they decide that they're going to use the zombie to, to, be the, um, to, to be the suicide bomber to take out the rest of the zombies. Um, Daredevil is actually leading this crew... And his second in command flies in, which is Falcon, um, and even says, "Hey, like, what the heck is a zombie doing here?" <laughs> um, but the zombies are multiplying, so they need to strike now. And they just—he's like, "We—they just took down a ton of zombies, and there's thirty thousand more than the group that they just took down. Like, oh. they need to do it now." Um, so they decide that's the plan, and it cuts over to. The Defenders fighting these zombies. They're all set up in place. Spider-Man's like webbing in um, the zombies and they're bottlenecking him this in the, into this area. And you've got like this really cool shot of Daredevil shoving both of his batons into zombies' heads and like kicking them off. And they're just going crazy. Um, meanwhile, the zombie is strapped up with Devil's Dinosaur 2.0, um, <laughs> Lunella and Donnie. And... Zombie actually speaks when the kid says, I'm sorry, like this has to happen, but thank you for doing this. And he says his name is Simon to the kid. Hmm. And um, everyone's in position. They keep talking and he starts talking to um, Lunell and saying, you used to have like a real dinosaur. I read about you guys. You even switched brains with him. Um, she said it was a long time the virus. She's like, did, did you ever have to send your best friend off to die? And she's like now like questioning and all of a sudden Misty Knight gets bit into while they're taking this time to talk and Dar- Daredevil gets surrounded and his throat gets bit. Oh, sh- um, and you look over and she actually took the, the bomb off the zombie and isn't sending them to die. And he goes, she asks him where he'll go. And he says, to look for his mother. Um, and she says, I think I'm going to hell. As all of the defenders die, holy crap! And him and the zombie walk off. As Simon picks up a, Simon the zombie picks up a flower, and they walk off into the sunset. And that's where it ends. What a swerve! Yeah, dude, this is a cool comic. It was crazy. It was it was not at all what I expected. Especially it starts like so like goofy and light, yeah. and then it's just like everyone dies. Yeah, <laughs> I've never like I I knew of zombies, but I've never read or heard a zombie book unfold like that was crazy intense apparently he's been around since 53 zombie yeah yeah he's He's been around since 1953 he just pops up here and there yeah it's not like but it's weird because he's not in books with blade he's not in books with morbius he's not in books with swamp thing or i'm sorry man thing you would think he would be in books with those guys i was trying to think because i've heard the name simon before but it was uh it was, it was referenced to that Power Man. Yeah. I didn't know if it was the same. Well, Wonder Man. Or Wonder, Wonder Man. Man. Wonder Man. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's obviously a different last name. 
Um, yeah, because that's the only time I've ever heard of the name Simon used for a major character. And Garth, Garth Ennis was the really the, the writer who wrote a lot yeah. of this. Okay. Know, so Simon Garth is very, like, yeah, he's he's all over the place in the little stuff. Uh, he actually hasn't been included in any of the Marvel Zombies comic books either. So this is the first, like, Zombies story he's in. And I love that world because of, like, the ragtag. Like, they're not in their normal w- uniforms and everything. Um, I'll jump into grading this. Sure. The art is... Is very 2000 um, you know, common for the normal day and age. But I will say, because of the uniforms and because of the zombified villains and heroes that are just walking around, I've I've got to give the art an eight. Eight, okay. Action, obviously, action again is super intense. You've got like all of the these defenders just fighting zombies in their own unique ways, and it's shown very well, um, very quickly, and actually pretty graphically for a pretty standard Marvel comic. So, uh, like I said, Spider-Man rips out Doc Ock's spine with a web. Like, pretty nuts. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give the, the action an 8 as well. Okay. Story. Um, 8. The story is very well told. It sets everything up with that letter. Um, and it's really telling this friendship between Zombie and Donnie. But it also, like, gives you a good look into the Defenders. Um and in this new world, like you get a lot of that new world in such a short comic. Dialogue, I'll go. I'll go eight with the dialogue. I'm probably gonna go eights across the board. I think. <laughs> okay. Um, you still feel it. Still feels like Daredevil. It still feels like Spider-Man. And the zombies dialogue is just hilarious. Just him talking to himself in in the crowd, like, "Oh, that's Wilson, who is big, and there's Harvey, who is small." <laughs> <laughs> And there's medium zombies too, like Beatrice, Marvin, and Norman. And like, what the heck? It's just a weird, like, it's just really good, good dialogue. Right. Uh, and then rereadability. I this was something I'd is something I'd probably pick up around Halloween a lot, or just like I would hand this to people, like, hey, this is a cool story. Like, this is a lot of fun. You should check this out. So I'm gonna give it an eight. Just okay. Eight, eights across the board. I feel like that's a safe. Forty out of fifty. Like, that's a great score. I just never knew that character, and it kind of upsets me that they've never wrote him into any of the other yeah. paranormal storylines. Now I want to yeah. find more stuff like, and see if this is like, how he always. Why is. is he not a Midnight Sun? Like yeah. right, yeah, completely. <laughs> I I have to agree. Have to absolutely agree. Well, clearly there there might who knows maybe this might be a test run to give him some more attention and. Yeah. Um, I I'd be curious. Like I'm, I want to find some more stuff and find out if he's always this kind of like fourth wall goofy character. Or he's more on the serious side. I'd be curious. So I'm I'm definitely interested. But yeah, it was a it was a fun comic. Not what I expected to pick up though. I'm I'm ex- I was glad I picked it up. It was Iron Buffalo. I'll plug it. This is the first time we've plugged it on the show. Okay. I, uh, I checked out Iron Buffalo. Um, this is what I picked up, and I was really excited to to check it out. So you should go check it out. Get some coffee and some comic books. Very good. Chris, um, yeah, brand new shop, Iron Buffalo. Uh, is it really? And uh, yeah, and I checked them out, and uh, that's where I picked up my book, Drowned Earth. Okay. Um, and it's called Drowned Earth. It's a Justice League Aquaman number one. But the weird thing about it is, there is no number two. It continues with Justice League number eleven. Okay. So it's just it's just a weird. It's it's kind of a one off, but it's not because the story doesn't conclude. But it's called Drowned Earth, so it's a Justice League and an Aquaman story, and. The, the the so you get a little prelude of kind of what something happened before with um, Tom Curry and uh, Arthur's young at the time and Atlanta and she's bringing like all the fish up from the sea and everything and it's just this you know weird thing and she she leaves and leaves 
Arthur with Tom. So it's when she left Arthur with Tom. I didn't really get what was going on there. Um, but then you get to the present day, and uh, Aquaman is imprisoned in the Blood Reef by these sea creatures. And he uh, he is being uh, tortured by this woman, and they're in the, the uh, crimson waters of Aquaios, and her name is Tide. And she's part of the Ocean Lords, apparently. Like, she's helping out the Ocean Lords. And much like we talked about Thor. So what this is 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 that Atlantis was only one, like, empire of of the water world. Of, you know, of, you know, the Ocean World. Where, like, they basically, like, took out and, and pushed all the other Ocean Worlds you know, to, to the dark depth of okay. the ocean, you know, yeah. where they, yeah. So, <laughs> so now, now, now that now they're looking for revenge. So, you know, they have, revenge. yeah, they, they, they have a, a you know, Aquaman <laughs> there. He's just like, let's have peace. Uh, then we go to Gotham city and we see uh Batman and commissioner Gordon are trying to save people. Cause what's happening is these magical ocean waters that, that the ocean Lords have made happen. They're flooding the world. And if you, get caught in it you turn into this like sea creature slave sea zombies it's kind of yes <laughs> yeah it's like sea creature is that gonna slave. be our theme this, this time <laughs> um instead so, of heroes and hobos we got zombies yeah. and <laughs> McGill- oh no that one i know that the death stroke yogi bear is a zombie story <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um so we're yeah so commissioner gordon uh you know is he's talking to batman and everything and and then commissioner gordon gets Hit with the water and turns into a sea creature. Oh, those are cool. They're like Creature of the Black Lagoon style. Yeah, yes. Oh, sick. So, uh, there was a Snickers ad that I thought was part of the comic book that really confused me. Gotcha again. <laughs> yeah, no, this one really got me, though, because <laughs> the artwork was not different at all. <laughs> like, it's the Jessica Cruz Because it's a Justice League thing, and you're like, oh, yeah, there's Jessica Cruz. What's going on? And Yeah, like... So, then you... Uh, so, then now... So Batman, he's actually uh, now he's in the Hall of Justice, and he's trying to have Miss Martian help him read. He says, "Make sure the you know the science division of the Justice League are figuring out what's going on, testing the waters. What could we do?" He channels into Superman. At that point, Superman's doing good with a wall, keeping the sea creatures out, trying to keep the water out from Metropolis. You then see the Flash. He is literally trying to race all over the world. You see some cool cameos from some heroes, um, in, including uh, some lanterns and the t- Teen Titans oh, wow. and stuff. Because he's like he's in Los Angeles, then he's in Beijing, then he's in Vanity, then he's in Japan, then he's in London, oh, just trying to save people from you know getting hit with the water. And he's so fast that the water doesn't touch him long enough That's to cool. turn into a sea creature. So then we see Atlantis too, and at this point Atlantis has risen back, like from the ocean depths, so you can actually get to it. And it's you know being attacked by these like flying ships from the ocean lords, and you have Mira, and her and her force are trying to fight off these sea creatures, and she has to go and let Orm out of prison. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she has to go let Orm out of prison, and he's like, the world needs an ocean master. I love that that panel. Like, that's a yeah. really, really um, cool panel. You kind of go back to Aquaman in the Blood Reef, and he's trying to fight these creatures off, and Tide is is basically just saying that you, you know, your people, uh, you know, think you're better than us, and you, Atlantis, and the world will suffer, this and that. And then Black Mantis shows up. Oh, dang. 
Now, I didn't know where Black Manta was going to go on this because, I mean, you got Orm helping out Mira, so yeah. I'm thinking Black Manta face turn. Nope. <laughs> I, I was hoping. I'm cool with that because I actually like like him as a villain. Yeah, I know, but for this little book, you know. Yeah. So then you go back to Metropolis, and Superman, uh, unfortunately, the waters are too strong, and he can't he can't save all of Metropolis. It is now submerged with water, just like Gotham City is. Um now he, he flies to the Atlantic Ocean to try to f- fight this like giant ocean lord, uh, one of the ocean lords, and they and Flash joins him and just cool panels just like like of Superman trying to pull all his strength. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and then there's this, I, I always forget his name. Oh yeah, Commander Draug. Uh, shows up and he looks like a Pirates of the Caribbean type, like sea villain. That's sweet. And they actually say he said like Flash says he looks like some Pirates of the Caribbean. That's awesome. Um, but he shows up with like this killer seahorse, and they're he's beating the crap out of Superman, like beating the crap out of him. That's a cool comment. Yeah. Um. So let me go back to the Blood Reef, and Aquaman and Black Manta are going head to head. Basically, Black Manta cut a deal. With the Ocean Lords, uh, you know, for th- for the um, Legion of Doom. So, and, and even though Ocean Lord said, "I hope your Legion will be happy, Manta," and stuff like that. <laughs> so we're in Atlantis, and Orm and Mira are fighting off the the sea creatures. Aquaman at this point has a power where he can uh, channel, like, basically give an image to Mira. Say, "Hey, Mira, this is where I am." Like, kind of like okay. a hologram type thing. They explained it, but sometimes I get a little lost in the language. He, he Princess Leia, basically. Yeah, yeah, on that. Um, Come save me. So <laughs> they go to this. It's cool. Orm and Mira go to this like little hall, and Orm sh- shows her the Tear of Extinction, and it was all supposed to be a myth, and it's basically something that they think they can use to defeat the Ocean Lords. Then this crazy sea creature with like a like it, it, an awesome octopus hand, like <laughs> he comes out of nowhere. <laughs> St- starts attacking them, and, and then more sea creatures are starting to attack them. Um, and then, unfortunately, Orm turns into one of them. Oh, dang. And Mira is trying to not turn into one of them. She's holding the Tear of Extinction. And I think as long as she holds it, she won't turn into one of them. So then we're back to the Atlantic Ocean, and Draug is still beating the crap out of Superman. Flash saves him um, and gets him out of there. Uh, we then have uh, Miss Martian and Batman having a little more back and forth with, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, but then Batman locks Miss Martian, Martian in the, the, the place. I don't know, to save her or whatever yeah. it may be. We don't know what's going on with Batman at this point. Uh, and then we're back to the Blood Reef, and here comes um, one of the Ocean Lords. And they're draining the energy out of Aquaman, and they give all his powers to Black Manta. Oh. And Black Manta even says, this is how you felt the whole time, Aquaman? You had this much power, and you used it to speak to fish? (laughs) (laughs) So now they're basically celebrating their victory, and then now like there's these giant ships of sea creatures you're just going around the world now. The world is submerged in water from, from what we understand. And you even hear like somebody say, nothing can stop us now. And then this this creature goes, well, wait, there's something in the fog. What is that? And he gets hit with a lasso. 
and it's Wonder Woman, and she goes, "Where the hell is Aquaman?" Awesome. <laughs> and that's where the, the because at this point they can't find they can't find Aquaman, they can't find Hawkman, they can't find Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, wow. they can't find any of them. They, they they're having other Justice League members help them, but they can't find them at all. That is like do you, DC. Like, their single-issue stuff sometimes isn't as interesting as some of the Marvel single-issues. But their Justice League stories is what makes them. And that's why they have so many Justice League stories going on, like, right now. Heroes in Crisis and Drowned Earth. Like, they, and they do such a good job. Like, oh, that's what I love. They do such a good job at, like, having 12 characters in one comic, and it makes sense. Right. And I freaking love it. Oh, I Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to read that now, because that sounds incredible. <laughs> Here you go, bud. <laughs> um, oh, it's incredible. So, yeah, it, it was it was a really good book. We know I'm a Marvel guy, um, but I really is with Aquaman movie coming out and everything. I want to kind of get to know more about Aquaman, and I saw that, and it just looked it looked. I haven't read a Justice League story in a while, and um, it's really cool. Uh, so, as far as starting off with the artwork, yes, um, it's very cool. I do prefer Marvel's modern artwork over them. Okay. Like, m- m- mostly I give Marvel 9 or 10. I'll give this an 8. Still pretty cool. I just think it's a, it's not as cool as a modern artwork from Marvel. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, action. I mean, there's jam-packed action. I mean, there's the there's fighting. There's Flash saving people. There There's the fight between Black Manta and Aquaman. There's the fighting of the sea creatures. Like, it's all over the place with Orm and Mira. I'll give action a 10. It's nonstop action. That's book. sweet. Um, Storyline, pretty cool. I followed it mostly. Um, it, it was a little confusing with the Atlantean lore and everything like that. So I'll give that a 7. Uh, dialogue. Um, Would you give action? I'm sorry to cut you off. I blinked. Out oh, I give action a ten. Ten. Okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Story storyline seven. Um, dialogue. I'll match it seven as well. Um, you know, it didn't. Uh, it didn't read bad, but uh, I get a little lost sometimes. Like Thor is so, with Aquaman books too, like the Atlanteans type stuff. Uh, someone's saying hi. Huh? I think so. Um, and then as far as the. Uh, rereadability. Uh, I I I pr- probably give it a nine. It's really cool. It's flashy book. It's it's a lot of heroes, you know. Um, and these ocean lords are pretty sweet, and uh, they almost remind me of uh, not to bring in a wrestling reference, but you know how like the wrestlers became like sea creature like type stuff. Like yeah, yeah, it was like that, or or even like the Hydra like Marvel characters. Like I have a Hydra octopus where he's got like. And it, like a starfish hand and stuff, like yeah, okay. it was just they were just really cool creatures. So, very good. Forty-one out of fifty for Drowned Earth. So, what's up? Everything good over there? Oh yeah, yeah, good. Just we got a lot of things going on today, you know. No, so. I know, I know. Very busy day. Um, yeah, just want to make sure everything's good. All right, last book. I'm very excited to bring this one. Um, yes, 41 out of 50. I just saw who commented on our video. It's okay. He's been banned. Again. <laughs> you banned? No, no. Who do you no, think We're it talking is? about the bat mark. We just got hashtag coward. <laughs> oh, bat? him. Yeah. Oh, okay. The hashtag cat tax cheats. All right, someone else got banged. So hey, the bat mark. Brian Jennings, shout out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Brian. Um... All right, very good. My book, and I was really excited to see it. Um, I just picked it up this morning at House of Fantasy. Again, I know i got to get out more. Um, Nightwing and Magilla Gorilla crossover. Uh, it's number one. It just came out, I think, this week, maybe last week. 
Uh, but it's a big part of their Hanna-Barbera uh, crossover series, which is uh, really, really cool. So I'll start off right here. It's Dick Grayson. Uh, he's riding in his car. He's all the way out in California, heading out to Malibu. Uh, he's on a bit of a vacation, and he pulls up to a front gate. And the guy by the name of Mel Peebles comes out and greets him. Uh, says he's been he's been expected, and uh, he Dick Grayson looks up and they're sitting at standing on his balcony, drinking some kind of alcoholic beverage, is McGilla Gorilla. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing straight like stunner shades. He, yeah, dude, he's a movie star in this. He's a, he's a legit movie star. That's incredible. And Dick goes, he goes, wait, you're. You, yep, you're is the this, you're the McGilla Gorilla. Is this straight laced Dick Grayson too? I think so. Oh, that's awesome! I think so. <laughs> that's so awesome. Um, he's like, yeah, welcome to the Villa Gorilla. Let me give you the tour. <laughs> and he's wa- walking him through. He's got a giant mansion and showing off all his stuff. And uh, you know, Dick Grayson's just like, oh my god, this is you know this and that and this you know this is awesome. I remember seeing this movie. And then they go out to the backyard and there's a giant tent that says the Flying Graysons on it. And what McGilla Gorilla is trying to do is get the film rights to to uh, portray Dick Grayson's dad in the Flying Grayson's movie. Pardon? Huh? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me? Pardon you. Yes, McGilla Gorilla as the Flying Grayson, uh, whichever, whatever his dad's name I was. I want that movie for real. Uh, I do too. I think it's very interesting, and he's showing him. He's got a whole like circus set up in there, and uh, you know with the trapeze and and all that stuff that the Flying Graysons did, and they're working out and working out. And uh, Robin, or excuse me, uh, Dick Grayson's like, you know, he's it's just he's just not like my dad. Like there's no confidence and stuff like that. Like I guess he was practicing for a long time, and uh, McGilla Gorilla goes, hey, you know, did. Do we got a deal? Or yeah, we want you out as a producer. We'll get you paid and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, he's like, I'm not prepared for my family story to be told on the big screen. And he, he smashes his glass in his hand and he goes, you know, I thought I thought this was a done deal yelling at his, uh, his like, butler, his agent or whatever. And Dick Grayson starts to drive off. He gets a hotel for the evening. And while watching the... Uh, Watch the news. He sees that Mal Peebles, McGill Gorilla's agent, has been brutally murdered that evening. Oh, Jesus. So, luckily, he has his Nightwing costume. Uh, he goes and searches because the cops are cornering McGill Gorilla, who's claiming that he did not do it, and Nightwing pulls him out of there. Uh, it gets pretty intense. Like, And then they go to the crime scene where he was shot, and they, they look up some video, and they still don't know who it is. Um, and he's, he was, McGilla Grill is explaining how uh, Peebles, he, uh, he raised him, him and his twin sister. Uh, but his sister fell into a bad group of, of people and, and whatnot. But um, even though Mal raised him, that they became close friends, and uh, Mal was eventually his agent. Um, let's see. So, uh, they're trying to figure out who did it. Um, he's like, no, it definitely wasn't my sister. I know it wasn't her. But, uh, let's see. They go see one of those, uh, they read the tarot cards. Um, 
A psychic. Or psychic, yeah, something like that. And they're getting any answers. They really didn't get any answers. And what he ends up saying is, McGillicrilla um, <laughs> goes, Nightwing, I'm not the only gorilla in the biz. Oh, no. <laughs> and next, we turn the page, and there's Grape Ape and Beagle Beagle. Oh, my God, uh, Grape Ape. <laughs> Grape Ape and Beagle Beagle uh, are who are rivals with McGill Gorilla, actually. That found that interesting. They don't get along. Uh, Grape Ape was actually a kind of a protege of McGilla Gorilla, and uh, I'd come to find out that McGilla Gorilla said he was too cocky, too arrogant, um, and he actually stole a movie spot from him. But uh, eventually goes, you know, gets around. They trace the killer. They end up tracing the killer back um, to his apartment, and it turns out that Beagle Beagle was the one who shot who and who shot uh, Mel, Mr. Peebles, and he's the one who killed him. And the great ape actually turns on and beats up Beagle Beagle, and uh, he gets arrested. And uh, actually, uh, great ape is about to get shot, uh, but uh, <laughs> McGilla Gorilla jumps in front of the shot and takes it. And then uh, they say a year later that. The movie, the Flying Grayson's movie came out because Dick Grayson signed off on it. And uh, Grape Ape got to play Dick Grayson. (laughs) (laughs) He gave him his chance. He gave him his chance. And that was pretty much it. There was a side story. I didn't read too much. I didn't read it really much at all. Uh, But there's a three, there's a four-part miniseries of The Secret Squirrel uh, at the end of it. It was hard to follow. I mean, there was some cool... Interesting scenes, but I really like uh, these Hanna Barbera characters in these darker. But great most... ape has not been used in forever. I know like, that's a... he's he bounced. So it's pretty funny. The I read a little bit of the Deathstroke Yogi Bear one, and in the beginning, Deathstroke is talking about how he like slayed Jabberjaw and great ape, and they're just like hanging on Deathstroke's wall. Oh <laughs> he's my... killing all these characters. Oh my god. Dude, it was so it was that was a treat, and I, I, as soon as I finished reading it, uh, actually, as soon as I seen Grape Ape in this book, I'm like, oh my god, this is a Golo book. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like, <laughs> like this is they intertwined all the gorillas of the yeah. Like, There's twelve of these crossovers, and they're all awesome. <laughs> I yeah, I gotta find more. Like, I want to read more of them. This is uh, this is great. I know you read uh, or read uh. Actually, you didn't read one. You did the I Batman sixty. I did the Batman Archie one. Which yeah, was, that was really cool. Batman sixty six and Archie. Sixty six, yeah. Which that was a lot of fun. Like DC, like this may be their strength because Marvel doesn't do this. No, their crossover. Which they different. could with Disney. Which yeah. Imagine the limited potential with unlimited potential with Disney and Star Wars characters. Oh yeah. And I'm pretty sure Disney owns the Muppets now. They do. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. How cool. With some of those crossovers, I, I agree. Like, and it's it's cool because I don't when I think of old great cartoons, Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> you know how cool would that be? When I when I think of old cartoons, uh, DC always just seems to go hand in hand with yeah. with the McGill Gorilla. You know that that age Super of Friends. cartoons. Yeah, Super Friends for sure. You know, and 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 so many other 
you know, various comics, but it's just all part of that era for me. And it's really cool to see that they're meshing them in comic book form. And they're modernizing these characters. They're not like McGillagrill's not a dopey dude by any means, like he like you would think watching the, the cartoon, but he's actually like an interesting character. Really interesting. Yeah, Huckleberry Hound is like a hippie in one of them. Like, oh my god! You yeah. you brought up the one um, Space Ghost and Green Lantern. Oh yeah, that sounds really cool. Hong and Kong Fui and Black Lightning is the one. That I'm, sounds cool. Like, and we talked about why have they not done Quick Draw McGraw and, and Jonah Hex? <laughs> who knows? Like maybe how cool that would this be. This is the third year they might be doing this for time. Like, yeah, like next year we might get Quick Draw and Jonah Hex. Who knows? There's like I hope Flash so. and Speed Buggy, Aquaman and Jabberjaw. There's so many good. I, I got I gotta read Aquaman and Jabberjaw. Yeah. I I have to read that one. So I'm I'm all about that. I like I said I have a my cart for Midtown Comics is already set with all twelve issues, and I'm gonna order it the second I have the money, and then we're gonna read them all. <laughs> oh my god! I just see a story where the Riddler's henchmen and the Ant Hill mob like they're just like the Riddler tries hiring the Ant Hill mob. Can you imagine how cool would that be? I'm so excited. I want like Scarlet Witch and Penny Pitstop. <laughs> Penelope Pitts or Black Widow and Penelope Pitts or um no um because DC you're thinking of uh oh why am I going Marvel yeah why do I go Marvel I'm asleep well, Wonder Woman is what I wanted to say yeah. or we could even do like Power Girl Black or... Canary and Penelope Pitts why did I say Marvel why was I I knew I learned to say Wonder Woman I was like no that's the wrong comic yes. Black Canary. Penelope there's, there's so, out. there, there's so many, and you gotta remember too. Hanna-Barbera also owns the Flintstones, the Jetsons. Yeah. So you could do there's Jetsons, Green Lantern Flintstones, stuff. Flintstones, Flintstones, Booster Gold crossover. That's so weird. <laughs> uh, I love it. And then there's a comic where it's just like Herculoids, Johnny Quest, and all that, just in a comic together of Space Ghost. Oh, they own, say they, they own Johnny Quest. They own a, oh, like Birdman. Pretty much Birdman. 60s and 70s cartoons like yep. Hanna-Barbera. That's it. Yep. Well, Scooby Doo. Every Scooby, Christmas, yeah. I watch that Yogi Christmas crossover because it's yeah. all his characters, and yeah, all, yeah, he had Secret Squirrel having this little thing, which Morocco Mole, which Secret Squirrel Nightwing would have been a good, uh, yeah, Secret Squirrel Batman. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, if it was cool to see the Secret Squirrel, uh, you know, little mini series in the back, but like I said, I haven't read any of them, so I didn't know what the heck were uh, I was looking at. I want to see like Secret Squirrel with Batman and Morocco Mole and Alfred. Yeah, they got they got the mole right here. Yeah, he's right there. Okay, so Hanna Barbera. I wonder if it goes until like current Hanna Barbera, right? Just throwing it out there. I just think it would be hilarious. Harley Quinn with Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Is that modern Hanna Barbera? I think so. I think that's. I think that's Hanna Barbera because Cartoon Network. So I think it's. I'm not, I'm not sure. It might be Andy Tarkovsky. But. Because I think curious. it's the same thing. Because I think Dexter's still Hanna Barbera too. Like, and really? I think that's the same thing. But yeah, could you imagine Eddie and Harley Quinn? Oh my! My only so my He's only, just beating them with hammers. <laughs> what I just realized, my only bummer that I'm thinking about this Nightwing McGill Acrylic comic is the fact that Detective Chimp wasn't in it. Oh. There is like a whatever. There, there's also like a Captain Caveman crossover that's like a in one of them. That's sweet. There, there's a Funky M- Phantom M- monkey. Yeah, Funky Phantoms in one of them. There's this like Banana Splits and the Suicide Squad is a crossover. That's ridiculous. The Banana Splits and the Suicide Squad. Yeah, like we could probably do a whole episode just on those twelve just, comics. Just, I think we it might be in the near. What future. cartoons do we want to cross over with the characters? <laughs> yeah. That could be a nice side piece, side video. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, all right, let's get into the ratings. <laughs> Wait, you didn't rate your comedy. No, it's, no I did that's it. Such a good co- it's such a good conversation start. It really is. Um, artwork. I absolutely loved this artwork here. Um, they did a good job of modernizing, uh, you know, McGilla Gorilla and making him realistic and, and whatnot. And it was cool, you know, just everything. The cover, the cover grabbed me in. Um, I'm going to give the artwork a nine. Action, plenty of it, including that final fight with Grape Ape and Beagle Beagle. <laughs> so good. What I, great A villains. Dude, like, come on. That's phenomenal. Oh. Phenomenal. Like, what a little swerve that is. Like, if you are, have you ever seen, like, a picture of the cartoon Beagle Beagle? It's been a long time. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I actually, it's B-E-E-G-L-E and then the normal spelling of Beagle. Okay. I actually have the boomerang app now because i was reading these so oh were you there's not a lot oh yeah he's there. he's like great a great babes like yeah. <laughs> he was the villain all along <laughs> he shot he tried to shoot great babe and he ended up shooting mcgilla gorilla so yeah uh action plenty of it i'm gonna give the action a 10 it was so so good story very good story uh, really, really good story. And as we talked about, you know, before I got started with the rating, there's a lot of potential for these. Um, yeah. Alfred and Droopy Dog. I just thought about it. <laughs> like, okay, all right, I'm good. I'm done. I'm done now. I'm done. <laughs> I I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Just too old. Like they, they were in. The, you could tell they were in the British MI6 together. You could <laughs> like you could do this whole thing. <laughs> He's got it all thought out. DC, oh. hire him. Hire him. Dialogue. Really, really good. Uh, helped push the story along, and I, I gave the story a good remark. Uh, the dialogue has to get a good remark. I'm going to give the dialogue a 10 as well. And rereadability, would I pick this up again? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It was so much fun. Nice long read, too, uh, which is nice. Yeah, they're all they're all like 36-page issues, I think. Yeah, there's a lot, to hit, lot going on. I'm going to give the rereadability a 10. So uh, this might be one of the highest books I've ever done. I might have hit a few up there. 49 out of 50. Oh, yeah. For Nightwing McGilla Gorilla. Gala, if you want to borrow this, dude, it's all. Yeah, I probably will be. We're, I'm, like I said, this order is going through the second I have the money, and I'm getting all of them. Good. Good, good. Yeah, we'll just have a, a reading party over here. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right, guys. We're Yeah, we're back. We got our episode down in a reasonable amount of time. I know you guys got your stuff to do. Um, So, very good. Is there anything you want to close the show with? Uh, no, just, uh, like, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, had a lot of fun. This was a fun episode. Yeah, it was good. This uh, was a, one of our, uh, the most, I think we had the most comic books we all liked in a while, because we had a couple of rough weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes we have. Um, we'll, we'll do some more content, uh, throughout the Facebook Live. I know I've been yeah. slacking, so I apologize. We all have. Yeah, we all have. It's been crazy with the holidays, and I'm house shopping, and just and, all that. And wrestle, big wrestling shows. Yes. Tomorrow night. Which well, will have already happened. Yeah, but uh Yeah, but it, it'll still be awesome. Yeah, yes it will. Um guys, awesome episode. Uh to our Facebook uh live watchers, thank you so much for tuning in, your comments, well most of you. And uh and to our podcast listeners, thank you for your, your endless support. We uh we appreciate you guys listening to us. You know, whether it's on the car ride to work, whether it's at work, whether you're sitting at home, well, you're, whether you're half pooping. naked eating Cheetos yep. or you're pooping, any of that <laughs> stuff, you're we're we're uh, you're giving us a listen. So we appreciate you guys. Um, Till next time, everybody. This has been another stellar episode of the panel discussion.